we get philosophical on this week's Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's John. Howdy ho, people. And James. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week, if you had a time machine that would only work once, what point in the future would you go to? This just sounds like cryogenic sleep to me. (laughs) Uh, Functionally the same thing. Um, what point in the future? Dang. See, this is... (laughs) Well, I guess it's not the same question. It strikes me as one of those questions like, does it matter if you live your whole life? Um, as long as you could, like, jump straight forward to the point where you're old. You know? Um. I phrased that poorly, but... I feel like it matters. But the end result's the same. It's not. I, I would argue there's a distinct... Does it matter if you live your life if you can jump to the point when you're old? But if you don't live your life, there's nothing there when you are when you get there. Like, cool. You jumped forward a little bit, but like... What's, it's, uh... Not, your, your life's not going to be that different. And you're... Especially if it's a time machine kind of thing, you're dipping out for like... That's X true. amount of time, your job is gone. Your shit is huh. gone. Unless you, like, heavily publicize of, like, ah, I am I have a time machine and I shall be going to the future on it this fantastic Arnold. voyage. Just Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. Yeah. And then you disappear. Oh, well, it's kind of like, um, have you ever read H.G. Wells' The Time Machine? No. Yeah. Uh, I have, so, actually. This is spoiler alert for the very, very, very end, but literally the last bit of the book is the owner of the time machine says, oh, wait right here, I'll be right back. And the time machine travels into time, and he never comes back. Like, the guy's just sitting there waiting, he was told, like, oh, it'll be five minutes, and he's sitting there, and he's waiting, he's waiting, hours go by, and he's like, hmm... I don't know if this guy's ever coming back with his time machine. Guy's gone. Is that how that book ends? I yeah. completely forgot about that. Yeah, they go, they go on all their time adventures, and then they get back. They finally make it back to the present after the dangers and the excitement of the adventure. And the owner of the time machine is like, oh, let me go check the future real quick. Or like, let me go check whatever thing real quick, and I'll be right back. And the writer is left of like, oh... Maybe he ran into trouble again. Maybe he died this time. Maybe he's never coming back. I I guess I should just move on. He did. I would say I would love to see interstellar travel, but honestly, the first constructed thought I had was I would like to travel forward to the point in time where they invent a time machine that is a non-paradoxical that can move backwards as well, so I can just go back and forth so as much home. as I want. So you can yeah. commute? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I can commute. Yeah. God, imagine, like, you go, like, yeah. time travel is the most wonderful, fantastical thing we can think of, and you're commuting with it. I have to commute to the future. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, I choose to live in 1995 because the housing market wasn't too bad. and I like the culture of the time period, but I work in 3050. Yeah, that'd be actually that'd be such a that's a great premise for like a short story. That's like a very that's kind of like a really nice little simple. It's a nice twist. Um, it's like quotidian, but it's it's great. But it's also I'd love to see a story about a guy who works in 95 and has to go commute to his job and he lives in 95 and he has to go commute to 3050 for his like office job or whatever it'd be sick but it's functionally like, oh go ahead can you like tell people 
No one yeah. will believe you. Well, I think no, I I think in the in the premise of like the short story, I think it would just be a natural thing. Like, like it would just be like Yeah, it's just like Well, I think it's it, a natural yeah, it would thing be normalized. from the point you're going to where you work. Everybody there time travel like it, it's like an overpopulation thing. I I I'm picturing of like Oh yeah, overpopulation got so bad that people were going back in time to find places to live. That's literally a South Park episode. Thus, that's thus yeah. making the problem worse. Like literally creating the problem in the future. Dang. So then, like, you got people living in 1995, 1996, 1998, 1980s, 2000s, the 1880s. But like, you can. I feel like that'd be still like a oh. You work in 3050, but you live in 2050, so it's a 10-minute commute. <laughs> I love that. Like, it's every year, thousand a, years is a 10, 10 minutes. A minute a minute for every century. That's pretty good. Yeah. Had to go through time, TSA. Yeah. You hear about Bill? <laughs> Bill's got, like, a 60-minute commute, dude. That is fucking brutal. Going, he gets... Uh, he, <laughs> you're going Bill's back desk to home is, for, uh, for 1984. <laughs> 1995 and you're going through time tsa time essay yeah. and they're like uh eh, eh, eh. you still got your pocket computer on you cough it up yeah yeah that's actually i love that too the, the uh, tsa <laughs> sir you can't bring your funko pops to 1970 i'm sorry Fuck you <laughs> contraband contraband <laughs> do you have any idea what these are these are vintage funkos they're from 2012 bring your vintage beanie babies with you to your future job i'm sorry <laughs> this is fucking fascist what do you mean i can't bring this beanie baby up to my job where it's gonna be worth a hundred billion dollars in 30 like three thousand years you fucking eichmanns i hate you um i do love the idea of like like um just looking back like the idea of like oh my gosh like you hear like Yo, what's your commute? Oh, it's like it's like ten minutes. It's not bad. What's yours? It's like ah, it's like twenty. So it's kind of long, but you know, not bad. What's uh, you hear about Bill's? Oh my god, yeah, Bill has a sixty-minute commute, dude. And like Bill's office is literally just a desk on like a barren earth. Like it's just like <laughs> it's quiet <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but he's going yeah, backwards he's like, in time to live, so he's going to like the seventeen hundreds. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm saying Bill's going like 60. He's going like 6,000 years in the future. So he's like in the year like 8,000 whatever. 8,020. We're working from two different premises here. It's kind of the same premise, I guess. It's the same premise, but in the opposite directions. Yeah. I I like the idea of just like office space, but where like their commute is time travel. Like I I like that idea. But the idea... Future people going back is is pretty good too. Well, that's what I'm saying though. Is it's office space with time travel, but the office is in the future, and they're coming from different previous points in time to go work. It's just that nobody lives in like maybe the future people who come back to work are those that are making the money, like the CEO and stuff. They get to live in the nicer time periods. They can oh, afford the commute I see. forward. I see. Yeah, I see. I also wonder in a world where like time travel is that normalized, if it matters what era you come from, or if you're just kind of like all on the same footing. Like, oh my god! From the future have an inherited advantage, or is it just like so normal that you could be from, I don't know, born in the 1400s and still just be like on par with somebody born in 2300? I would imagine. I think- the, the way I would picture this being constructed is, based on my knowledge of human society, time travel invented. Company utilizes time travel for to ensure like people have places to live for their company. In turn, time travel is restricted and controlled and costs you money, such that it is cheaper for people to live in older times where they would have more restrictions on what they can and cannot bring with them. Therefore you're not getting people who are from those native time periods working for the company. It's all people from that time period who have to live in other time periods. I, I think they could recruit though. I think they could recruit. Like I, I think uh, they would like, it would be an interesting idea of like, how would a time, like a, 
a cross time society function because then it like all societies across all times would begin to sort of like merge in a way and that's an interesting that's idea gross. yeah yeah i mean at that point time just becomes a place yeah exactly exactly it's, it's just like it's that's the point where human beings what's the size of the population a, group it depends i think because like everybody's a time traveler doesn't matter yeah i think that's the thing no you're gonna have these populations in specific time periods but if enough people are time travelers spread throughout all of time, it won't matter because everybody's a time traveler. In doing so, you're facing the potential rewriting of human history on a massive scale to the point where history has no meaning because it's all geological information. Time periods being preserved almost like tourist destinations. Huh. Yeah, or like natural parks almost. Yeah. Like there's sometimes you just can't go back to or you and I'm, like I'm basing yeah. this off an idea of quantum mechanics, right? Of that like yes, we have cause and effect, but if you look at time non-linear linearly, cause and effect is omnidirectional wherein mm -hmm. you if you set your phone down on the table but it falls off you had to have been holding your phone in order for that to happen. So by it falling off the table, it made you hold your phone. So yeah, okay. Yeah. In people time traveling all over the place, they're in, they are creating history because to them, it's the future. It's their personal timelines moving forward. And in doing so, time has to remain preserved. They can't break it. Because if it broke, they wouldn't have been able to have that as their personal future in the first place. But them being there in the first place insinuates that. Because if, like, if time was going to break, it would have broken the minute they used it. Exactly. Right? So, like, them being there insinuates, right? Is, is that yeah, what you're it, saying? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There, that their time, if, like, say somebody from the three year 3000 goes back to 18... 85 they're not going to break mm -hmm. time because to them it is the future it's their personal future as they move through time mm -hmm. and in yeah so much yeah. as they have arrived at 1885 they therein 1885 has to still all occur in order for them to be there but also because they arrived there 1885 happens oh man i actually kind of love this idea i kind of I, I think this is very interesting <laughs> I love the idea of a big time bureaucracy. <laughs> like, you should watch well, Loki. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, that's kind of borrowed from Loki. Is this, is this just like Loki? Okay. Um, Loki um, has the Time Variance Authority. Um, yeah, I thought that DC's was what Legends it was. Tomorrow has the Time Keepers. Uh, Doctor Who is this. There's that one Gravity Falls episode with the Time People. Yep. Yeah, there's a Rick and Morty episode as well with like the time police. Um although I will say, like, what I like about this is it's again, it's more quotidian. It's like office space. Like it's not like an agency. Well it's not like it it's more of like the examples. idea of cross time society where people like visit you're visiting different times in the same way that you just drive somewhere to go to work. Yeah, you know. That's because all almost all other examples of it are Time is something you can break. Yeah. So you can't... Like, even Doctor Who, he travels all over the goddamn place under the same, like, oh, this is my personal future, so I'm not breaking time by me being in these historical locations. It's just when he crosses his own time stream that thing shit gets broken. But even then, you're really gonna be fine because it had to happen anyways. You're making it happen. So yeah, yeah, I like it, it, I like that idea. It should be more office spacey of like, yep, time travel's just a thing. It happens. Yeah, it's it's just a regular kind of part of it. And it, again, like focusing on the idea of like a cross time society where everyone from every era is living in their era, but they're all we're all moving forward as like one is like very interesting. I guess in a way, technically, that's what's always been happening like in a way you know yeah. um but it's just not 
linked through common awareness as such, um, you know, cause we don't have a way to go and communicate with people from, you know, 1885. And then one of the episodes is going to be, they all get into the office and it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Who did yeah, it? Ex- exactly. Who did it? Who That's... microwaved the fish again? <laughs> Jerry accidentally brought his mechanical pencil back to the 1200s and he broke time (laughs) I do I do love the idea of like limit like places in time that are like off limits like you can't there are places that are too sensitive to go like that'd be everywhere that'd be why if you're gonna do that though that'd be everywhere I mean not every when Hey. 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 Oh, hey. No, I I do I do like that. It's interesting. I mean, because like that's the that's um it just reminds me of like Interstellar where they talk about how like uh for you know the what is it, the four-dimensional or five-dimensional beings, which spoiler alert, I guess for Interstellar. Wait, has anyone here not seen it? Uh no. It's um it's oh, been a long time. Again? Matthew McConaughey uh, and Anna Yeah, Hathaway. the interdimensional beings is just Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's like those beings, like, they can move through time at, like it, like it's a physical place. And I don't know. I, I kind of like that idea. Like, because again, all the... My problem with, like, time travel is that it, it always relies on the singular gimmick. It's like, oh, we can't be seen. Or like, oh, we, like have to make sure we do it all like this and to me it it almost always makes a boring story i think that's like you take one of the reasons i don't know dude i like i've never back to the future is a little bit different i feel like i i back to the future is like kind of like singular in the sense that it's it's about a little bit more than just time travel like time travel is a component of it but it's like And and the way that Back to the Future is executed is like flawless. Well, like that's what makes it such a great. I think film. you bring up a really like good point just there. Beautiful. Back to the Future is about more than just time travel. It's like if you had a movie about, like it's the like the Ferrari movie, right? Any of the movies about like the car makers, where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's cars in it, but it's not about the car. Like it's not about how they get to places. It's about all the things around and the places they go to. Oh, family. Yeah, it's like yeah. if Goddamn Fast and the Furious was about, hey, look at this Dodge Charger it's, he drives. It's, Isn't this it's a cool car? Family. Yeah, it's not about family. It's about cars only. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my Fast and the Furious cut that is all of the dialogue, but they never show me people. It's just continuous shots of the cars. Uh, oh, that would actually be amazing. Cars. That's Pixar's cars. Oh, shit. Yeah. Don't anthropomorphize do. my cars. I just want to get I'm surprised. Think about the cars. Did they did they ever put like Vin Diesel in cars no. or like any of the Fast and Furious people? Are you, I'm like Are you sure? I'm like any of the cars Google movies right fucking now. Cars 1, 2 or 3. Like I'd be surprised if they did, but to not put like a Fast and Furious reference cuz they had or they had like a race. They had Cars 2 is all about them racing internationally. It's an what international with... spy thriller about cars. Okay. It's exactly what Fast and while Furious I, While I Google this, <laughs> yeah, I need exactly. to answer a question for me. Why the fuck in Google do so many of my, as I'm typing things in, the top search is always da-da-da-da-da in FNAF. There's no Fast and the Furious in FNAF. Five Nights at Freddy's. Well, it's... It's like it some SEO engine was like, alright, fuck it, everything is going to be... Well, the the movie just came out for FNAF. Like, within the last six months. Yeah, but, so, like... Yeah. You're getting SEO'd, yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone's paying a lot of money to make sure you see that. Um, did Like, did anyone here ever get into the Five Nights at Freddy's, like, lore by any yeah. chance? I, no. Did you really, actually? I never got into it. Uh, I, like, it... There are, as far as I can find, why. there are no Fast and Furious references in Cars. Uh, That's disappointing. That's tragic. Um, that is tragic. Uh, although Come I will say, on, Cinema Blend says that Furious Seven match- mashes up perfectly with Pixar's Cars. 
Um, yeah, I got into <laughs> FNAF lore because Game Theory did f- the FNAF lore videos, and I liked watching his videos on it as they became even mm. more increasingly deranged and deranged and unhinged. Because at a certain point, the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's stopped keeping consistent lore. Right. So it was entertaining to watch MatPat try and piece it all together. I know it's like the Purple Man or something like that. Oh, right. <laughs> James, you asked for it. Oh, oh shit. Are we doing He's cracking this? open a, a six-pack of FNAF. <laughs> all right. So in the original Five Nights at Freddy's, Kingdom it was based hearts. on a set of murders at a Chuck E. Cheese restaurant. Uh, okay. Where it was, oh... The guy hid in a, a guy killed like five went into a Chuck E. Cheese restaurant and killed five people that were working there. And I think he might have worn a Chuck E. Cheese costume to get close to one or two of them to commit the murders. Except he didn't oh, fully murder one of them. They only got very injured. They survived and called the cops. That was FNAF one. Oh. That was the inspiration for FNAF, no, FNAF one. That there were these child murders that took place in a pizza restaurant. And you were the night security guard, and oop, scary animatronic. That's what killed the kiddos. Or actually, there was a the, okay. the animatronic bit the guy who was killing the kiddos. But over the course of the series, it becomes that there's the phone guy. The phone guy is the purple guy, who is the also William Afton, who is also the guy who created the animatronics, and. The animatronics had the souls of the children in them, and they eventually beat up Afton and shoved him into a, like, they made Afton, they chased after Afton, who was in the Springlock suit, which was a combination, like, mascot costume and animatronic that you could, like, put the pieces back up into the suit so a person could get in it. But they're sensitive to water, and it was leaking in the building, and the animatronics chased him into a puddle, and the spring locks springed on him and trapped him in the suit, and he died. Except he inhabited the suit, and it could move, because it's animatronic when it's spring-locked. So then Afton starts going after you, uh, and in the sequel sequel, it's that you have to go to a underground Freddy Fazbear, like, animatronic refurbishment place... And get rid of the, like, take care of the animatronics there that are bygone relics. And it turns out, oh, all the animatronics are here in the vents coming after you. Um, and by the end, you end up catching and, what was it? By the end of, like, one of the games, you end up catching all the animatronics and procedurally burning them in the incinerator to release their souls. And then Afton possesses a computer program. And that's about as far as I get. Hmm. It's been a while. Okay. Alright. That's I'm sure there's obviously I'm sure there's branches and other things like that, but that's well, I feel the, educated. The problem is there's the game lore. And then there's the books lore, which is different from the game lore, except that like either a half or three quarters of the way through the game series, you end up getting mixes between the book lore and the game lore. So the game lore, like stays consistent until it doesn't and verts to like mesh in book lore so then you have three timelines where there's game lore game book combo lore and then book lore and then there's the Jesus movie Christ. <laughs> oh my god that's hey are you starting not to dribble out those... are you not entertained <laughs> they're starting to dribble out those fucking uh they're starting to dribble out those those video game movies and properties. We got the Halo TV show. We Which, got uh, James. You know, video game you know, movies have been a thing for a long time, right? I know. I'm just saying. Like, I think that's the next. I think they're looking for the next vein um, to kind of uh, extract. I think they're I think they're they're trying to figure out how to do it. I think they're trying to trying to figure out exactly what the formula is cuz they did super they did the Super Mario movie. Well, they're looking you know, for literally the animated one pre-existing that they can turn into a visual media franchise because they don't have to think of new ideas. 
in games for the next one, dude. I would actually, I would love to see an Aperture or a Portal movie. I think that would be really good. I think even a Team Fortress 2 movie could be kind of funny. If it was like an adult movie animated or something like that, like like in the original the original style of the game, I think could be very fun to watch. I genuinely want another Uncharted movie. I liked Uncharted. They did have Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, right? Yeah. Someone? Yeah. Like, it wasn't perfect, but it was it was a good fun action flick. Do you have like a game, John, that you would like to see as like a movie? Or is that like sacrilegious for you? Um, it's not sacrilegious. It usually doesn't turn out well. Mm-hmm. Um for me it's usually something that like already has a good story. Like you could do a Last of Us movie. They did a TV show. Mm, um, that's right. Yeah. That story is probably short enough that it would work well as a movie though. Maybe you know, not. I was you know what I was thinking what? though too. That reminds me. I was thinking of uh I don't know why but compilation of all the cutscene. James is dying, I guess of wolfenstein so you want a wolfenstein movie. uh the wolfen wait am i can you hear me yeah Hello? i can hear you now did you hear say like i was watching what the he's time traveling <laughs> john are you time traveling no i hear him one time out- traveling. oh no oh no can, <laughs> he's overlapping in his multiple time selves this is cr- this is i shouldn't have talked about time travel this is what you get it invited fate you invited James from 30 seconds in your own future back in time. Oh, perfect. I bet he's real cool. <laughs> I bet he's super funny, <laughs> well, too. Well, yeah, he's from the future. Yeah, exactly. He knows exactly what's up. Um, so can, you, can you hear me all right? Are you saying you want a Wolfenstein movie? I was just watching, like, I was watching some of the clips from, like, Wolfenstein, The New Order. Like, I watched the whole, like, a whole playthrough. Not, like, a playthrough, but, like, a compilation of all the clips, basically. Like, the cinematics mixed with some gameplay. And then, like, I also watched um, some stuff from Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus Colossus or something. Yeah, Um, those are fun games. Yeah, I, I, I feel bad because obviously I'm kind of cheating because I, I haven't, I, it's like I'm not playing them. I'm just watching these like compilations. But like some of the stuff in the new Colossus, especially where it's like the kind of, it reminds me very much of a Bioshock. Bioshock would be another great one, honestly. Um, but it reminds me of like uh, like a Bioshock Infinite kind of that like pseudo America, you know, the, the it's like kind of colorful, but it's obviously kind of like, it's like candy coated, but it's like rotten inside because it's all fascist yeah. and stuff. And I was like, damn, this would actually make a great action movie. This would be a great, like, y- like it's a, it's almost a perfect setup, honestly. Um, if you kind of like figured out how to tell the story, um, I could definitely see that as like, it reminded me of like the pacing and the style reminded me of like an eighties action movie. Like, so, like, uh, um, I know it's not uh, like Judge Dredd or something like that, yeah. or you know, one of the more you know, Total Recall, something like that. Um, I think that's more '90s, but still. But um, yeah, no, like I think with the right scripting and the right attitude towards some of these, like I would watch like I think an animated Portal movie could work. They're doing it. Um, it's been so the Fallout video game series from Amazon. Oh. Uh, it's officially canon to the franchise. Oh, that's 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 crazy. And I guess it's going to be following three main protagonists. Which period of the games did it take place in? Like, um, based on what I've, yeah. based on everything I've seen, it's kind of that, um, New Vegasy era. I want to say in terms of time frame of like. The new it, okay. it seems like the new republic is established, or the new California Republic, I should say, is established. Brotherhood of Steel is firmly established as a thing that exists, um, but we don't know exactly where it's taking place. Like it's, I think it's close to that California because of the NCR, but it appears that we're going to be following like a ghoul, uh, like rogue kind of guy like he wears a cowboy hat and he's one of the main characters played by 
Oh, Walt Goggins. I love Walt Goggins. Oh. Yeah, dude. That guy's he's he's a great actor. Um, so he's playing the ghoul, and I think we're getting a um, Brotherhood of Steel main character, like we're gonna follow his story, and then I think we're getting a Vault Dweller like follow them story. Hmm. But it's not necessarily it's... gonna be like a, oh, these three team up and work together. It's like, oh, these are the three stories we're following. Oh, they gotta beat at some point. I mean, probably, but... Like a Brandon Sanderson book. Yeah. Um, Who knows, maybe that'll be a good series, because the set photos have looked amazing. Yeah, I wonder... I mean, because I I get why they're doing these series now, because it's obviously... It's relatively cheaper. I mean, maybe not, but... In a way, I guess it's probably a little cheaper to produce than a movie, and you know you want to bring stream like more. You get a really good series. You can bring a huge audience to a streaming platform, which is great for other shows and other material. So I wonder if they're trying to kind of drum up drum up interest, see what plays well, and then like just kind of buy their time and wait. And they're going to try a kind of like Barbie movie style. Like, I think, I honestly think we could be seeing some really great blockbusters in the next decade or so, because I think what they're probably going to try and do is they're going to wait until they know that they have something that like is going to be this kind of big spectacle that they can put in front of people. Like, I think they're going to kind of do that. So we're going to get more blockbusters that are kind of in that Barbie vein where there's like a lot of time and money put behind them because they're big, like, high risk, high reward gambles um, instead of some of these smaller movies. Like I think they did five nights at Freddy's cause it's like, it's a very familiar property, but it's a little too weird for most people. Like it's uh, not, it's it not going so to play. too weird for most people that Nick Cage didn't do a knockoff version almost a full year beforehand. What? Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, hang on. Give me a minute to pull up the name of the movie, but Nicholas Cage Start in basically Five Nights at Freddy's. So, Nicolas Cage in the film. Uh, Unbearable way to mess a tale. Willy's Wonderland in 2001. So, almost two years beforehand. When his car breaks down, a quiet loner agrees to clean an abandoned family fun center in exchange for repairs. He soon finds himself waging war against possessed animatronics while trapped inside Willy's Wonderland. You said 2001? Yeah. Or 2021? What? Sorry, 2021, I mean. My bad. Oh, okay. My bad, that's on me. before the first game? (laughs) No. I will say, um, okay, so... Their gamble paid fucking off, dude, with Five Nights at Freddy's because that movie was made for twenty million dollars and it grossed two hundred ninety four point six million. That movie made a ten time return on Damn. its budget, which is insane. That would like that would be like Rogue One making three billion dollars. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> That's like a ridiculous return um, on there. I wonder what it got reviewed as, though. Um, yeah, it was pretty mid, but the fans loved it. Yeah, 137 in United States and Canada, 157 in other territories. That is wildly impressive. Um, yeah, most most people are not going to find it. Yeah, so it's like the fans will like it, but most people are not going to really get what's going on, which, I mean, they'll probably make more. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, th- I would like to see like, like more stuff like Barbie, um, where it is this kind of like spectacle that it has this kind of time and attention paid into Give it. Give more mid-budget films. Yeah, like what? Do, what would you call mid-budget? Like, um, 50, I, I don't fifty know anymore. Fifty to one hundred twenty, maybe. Much like I mean, senators looking for porn, I know it when I see it. <laughs> there you go. That's the somewhere what you, between five dollars and three hundred thousand dollars. That's the spirit. That's 
Well, that's still that's incredibly low budget. Still, that's actually, super, hold on, super low budget. <laughs> yeah, that's if you make a movie for three hundred thousand dollars, it's pretty uh, impressive. I think they made Blair Witch for like there's a movie twenty thousand. Oh, um, what? No, uh, give me all the fucking movie releases from twenty twenty three. Holy shit. Uh. Wait. Was Poor Things a big box office? That one was one that looked interesting to me. Uh, I don't know because it's it's the holdovers. Um, I want to see that. The holdovers. Yeah. What do you guys? Did you guys hear about the the stuff with like Barbie and Jihiro? People are like really upset about that. Uh, because the only person to get fucking nominated was Ken. <laughs> was Ryan Gosling? Yeah, that's fucking brutal. Although I will say, I I will say that some of my predictions, even though they're very basic, did come true. Where it's like they were nominated for, I think, like costume and hair design as well as set design, which I do think they should win. Yes, like I, amazing I set think design, they should, amazing costuming. Yeah, like very dedicated think, to the look. Yeah, I think it's like I think the attention to detail in recreating that world is just like amazing. Um, but like, like I would love seriously for nominations for Oscars and after the whole film the person the actor who got nominated is Ken. Yeah, either the academy thinks it's like really funny which they're not um or or they're totally they're, like, serious. Not not nominating Gerwig feels that feels like pointed. That feels kind of like three of her films have gotten nominated now and she hasn't gotten nominated from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, I I do I do feel bad. Like I'm not like a I'm a fan of Barbie, but I'm not like I'm not gonna get like out my my yeah. torch or my pitchfork for it. But like I do feel it does feel a little odd. It's like I can honestly as as bad as it sounds, I Margot Robbie not getting nominated because it's like she was good, but like there's nothing there's nothing that unique about her performance, like. Some of the stuff that she did is very impressive. I I don't know why Ken is nominated. Like I don't know why. If anything, I, like, Alan I think... should have gotten the nomination. And by Alan, I mean the actor whose name is on the tip of my tongue. You got it. My, I don't got it. Just help my, me. Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah should have gotten a nomination. Did you ever see Barbie, John? Yeah, I, I really liked it. What do you think about some of that stuff? Um, definitely agree on set design. I was I was hooked from the second the pool was plastic. Yes, it's like yes, <laughs> this <laughs> is what I want. Um, I don't know. I don't think Ryan Gosling did any better than Margot Robbie did. Yeah, necessarily. I, I'd also I think his I'd go for Simu mm-hmm. Liu as a supporting actor. I could see him getting for a nomination. He did really good. Brother Ken. Yeah. For. Yeah, I, I think he's. I don't think he's in it enough to. I mean, that's like, fair. He's... But like, the dude did flips. Just nominate yeah. all of the Kens. Yeah, we all we nominate. The yeah, uh, the best actually. Sorry, um, but best supporting actor and best supporting actress have both been crowded out because we're nominating every Ken from the Barbie movie. (laughs) (laughs) So, sorry. Um, Your choices are Ken, 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 and Ken. And also Ken and Ken. No, I... I, (laughs) Oh my gosh. I hope Ken wins. Um, No, I mean, I don't know. I, I... I think they nominated... I don't know why they nominated Ken. Like, I, I don't know why. I honestly think some of this stuff is a ratings ploy. I think oh. what they're trying to do is they're trying to get people to watch, uh, either yeah. out of, like, spite or they're trying to get... Because they want, pe- they want people to be curious enough to at least tune in to the Best Supporting Actor to see if, like, Ryan Gosling is actually going to win, which I I don't think he will. Like, I doubt it. Who, who um, else is in the running for Supporting Actor? Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, oh, which I think yeah. he, he's kind of a favorite. Um, but I, I know, I think Mark Supporting Ruffalo actor, from... Yep, Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. 
Uh, for poor things. It's also Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon and Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, which, goddamn, that's a stacked supporting cast, like, listing, supporting actor listing, let me tell you. Yeah, those are all, like, usually mainline actors. Yeah. Uh, it's been a, it's actually, a lot of people are saying that 2023 was, is, has been actually a great year for film. Like, genuinely great blockbusters like great uh, a good balance of both like mass market films and like kind of more artsy independent fair um just really solid all around um some people are saying the best since like 2019 is what i've seen um but uh i don't know the the, fiction i actually kind of do too i saw it advertised a lot the more i saw it the more i actually kind of like warmed to it i was like this actually does look kind of like funny i wonder how they how it's executed oh um, see and but... i i kept seeing the ad for on youtube for the movie but it was like oh have my books helped you in your life yeah they supported my coffee table and that was all i'd see of the ad and then i like saw more of it like it did like it started a different point in the ad and kept going and i was like oh huh this movie has things to say Here's here's a question too. I'm I'm actually interested about this because like I feel like we're slowly transitioning out of an era in American culture that kind of took hold around 2014 or 2015, and I feel like we're kind of leaving. Do you guys kind of feel like um, you know they've been calling it like the culture war? Do you kind of feel like it's like? kind of ending There's did you get that feeling wars. at all no I, I know but i mean like the culture war of like we're being canceled is a big thing or like you know the really oh, yeah. either People very realize like, being canceled doesn't mean anything or like being you know very quote-unquote like uh you know very heavy i don't know how to say this like i, I don't know i i know it's something political but i i don't want it to get like too political like you know very heavy like both liberal and conservative i'm thinking like ben shapiro on one side and like msnbc or oh, like uh, that, you know, if you don't like, toe the hard line you don't count yeah it's like it, i feel like for a while like for six or seven years like the, those people kind of dominated and i feel like recently in well, the past couple of years it it's kind of faded a little bit it has, but I think part of that is some of the respect of the the clout some of those respected people have gotten. Because um, I'll be honest, in fucking, like, freshman year of college, I genuinely followed Ben Shapiro, like, his <laughs> Facebook page and stuff. Because at the time, I, now to be fair, yeah. I also was like, I was still coming out of a very conservative household, nothing against conservative people. I love my parents. I hold, think many... I think many of the concepts of values and ideas are important ones to consider and weigh in. And there's nothing wrong with being thoughtful. Um, but also as I kind of grew my personal views to hit more centrist, which I don't know why people think centrist is a dirty word. I, whatever. Um, ben Shapiro kind of got more and more nuts. Like he realized his whole, like, shtick and spiel wasn't getting i guess the views he wanted and the engagement he wanted so he kept pushing and so eventually i like unfollowed his facebook page because i was like this dude you just posted this article that is entirely not what happened to the situation it's describing you're you lost all touch with reality goodbye you have posted cringe you posted cringe that the only true form of internet cancellation <laughs> is shunning because of cringe. No, I, I feel like, I, I mean, like, I was just same, to clarify a step touch real quick. Yeah. Obviously all reporting is going to have its own bias. And if you're going after a personality like that, he's not, a, he wasn't a reporter. He was a personality. He was a media personality. There's going to even be even more of that bias. Like I knew that. Is when you start being just factually wrong, I got problems. Well, it's like, I, I no, I, I also, I went through like a, a Ben Shapiro, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, like yep. I was heavy into Jordan Peterson as well for like a little bit. Because like, 
I thought initially some of the stuff that, you know, it was new. I was going to, a, like, I was going to UW-Milwaukee, and I remember, like, one of the things that set me off was, like, they, the student union, like, the student council for the entire university uh, basically printed up these posters that were, like, words you shouldn't say. And it was, like, Nazi, gay, trash, crazy. And I was, like, I'd never seen anything like this before. Like, I grew up in... You know, the dynamic of my family was like my mom's side was like Republican. My dad's side was like Democrat. Like I would watch, you know, the Daily Show and the Colbert Report. And it's like the construction was like, oh, the Republicans are like the bad guys and the Democrats are the good guys. Like that's just how it works. You know what I mean? And yeah. then like I get to like, you know, college and I start seeing like some of this stuff where like people who people are just like putting up posters, like basically saying like, you shouldn't say the word crazy or whatever, you know, other stuff. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And then you stumbled onto like, you know, those talking heads who were like, this is all crazy. And like, you're not crazy for thinking it's crazy. And I'm like, Oh my God, they said that word I'm supposed to say it like three times. It's like, <laughs> they must know what's up. Um, but yeah, eventually they like, they became flanderized and they just kind of like, they became more about like supporting an image than like actually, saying anything i think at one point in time each of those people did have something genuine to say maybe milo not so much i think he was uh, kind of always sort milo, of just a milo provocateur milo just took that nosedive real quick yeah he, he was did the, he, he kind was of gonna provocateur to be a provo like to point out the crazy and then it yeah. went from that to i'm just pissing everybody off because i can and aren't i cool for it yeah, it, it got lame like really, really fast. If it was ever too cool to begin with, um, but yeah, and I, I just feel like you know after that, like there was a huge rise on YouTube of like what they would call like BreadTube, which is like the very left wing like oh god, you know you YouTubers who are like you know, and you still see vestiges of this. Like there's still like videos that are being like video essays that are made today that are like the inherent capitalism and like toxic uh, misogyny in five nights of freddy's or something like that you know what i mean can, it's like can i ask a question it, that has been on my mind actually like in the last week or so sure actually i was thinking about this today where the fuck is the like are the left-wing crazies right where are the liberal crazies like i i acknowledge they're the conservative crazies the republican crazies we're, we're talking about them right now and i remember there used to be more liberal left-wing crazy like you said like putting up the posters on the college campus that okay it's nice those you're, you're right that there are words we shouldn't be calling people like out of the blue we we don't want to we don't want to add stigma to mental health issues but also like college is a bubble like let's let's look outside the bubble a little bit remind ourselves that there is a world that has to catch up to whatever standard you're setting yeah. like i've stopped I've, I try not to use the word crazy in terms of like, oh, you're crazy. Yeah. I'll be like, I'll, I'll use wild. That's wild. Um, that's, that's fair. But like, I, yeah, I also can't it, like, I, we just named at least like two or three conservative leaning people who have kind of spiraled. I can't name a left leaning one. Uh, there's like, the Young Turks comes to mind immediately. I don't know um, what that is. They're like a, they're kind of like a, a talk, an internet political pundit show. Basically, they did like a lot of reporting. Um, uh, some of the there, there are like dominant personalities. I think the, I think we were just more familiar with the, the right wing ones or the more conservative ones because we that was just something that we were naturally drawn to there are left-wing ones i and i'm gonna kick myself because i'm gonna remember a bunch but like i'm remembering more specific events like there was the incident at evergreen college where like a professor was basically like the students basically shut down the college and it was yeah. a notably consistently pretty like liberal college but it was still like an considered an extreme event for it i mean there was obviously i remember an stuff article that about happened. A, a jewish professor on like history or economics getting called mm -hmm. anti-semitic i think i think that was either that one there was the stuff that happened at harvard yeah. um there was like uh there was like you know the halloween costume stuff um 
some of the most obvious where I think both these like culture war things like really flared up was uh, just in 2020 was like with Chaz or the stuff that happened in Minneapolis. Oh, you shit, know, I forgot about the the Chaz. Um, so that I think that's where it kind of like you, it was the first time that these people tried to bring their shit into like the real world, like for real, and they kind of like fell apart, which does not mean that it might not happen again because the Russian revolution failed the first time too. Um, and I'm not trying to be like, I'm not Mr. You know, I don't consider myself like conservative at all. Um, like I might have like some beliefs that we're, I, audience, I think we're just going to put it this line of we contain multitudes as Walt Whitman would yes. say. We're highly complex individuals. All right. Okay. All right. I'm super duper smart and talented and funny and hot. And I have very complex thoughts on the state of the world. All right. Okay. And sometimes. Opinions. Yes. And the correct opinions. Thank you, John, for corroborating this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, like I, I think yeah, my ultimate point was like, I feel like it's a moment in time. I, maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but like, I feel like we're kind of like over the hump. I'm not saying that something like that, it can't happen again. Cause you're right. Like it, yeah. stuff like that always does in some way. But like, I do feel like in a way the pandemic kind of reframed people's like priorities and it's like, Oh wow. Like this kind of stuff is like, it's important, but if we get too fixated on it, it's like really, really unhealthy now, for us, especially if we're something. not being productive. Yeah. So based, I, I, I would posit that the pandemic combined with the situations afterwards, that the pand- pandemic peeled back and exacerbated many situations in society for folks about our age, wherein those issues have not been fixed yet. And we're kind of, it feels like we're throwing our hands up in the air saying like, all right, fuck it. What, what the fuck does all that matter? I'm going to go be cozy and bake sourdough bread because there's no way I'm ever going to be able to buy a fucking house. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of talking to my roommate about something like this. Um, like the way I see it, the 19th century, like the 1800s were the first beginnings of like, what we would call like our current modern day world. I know modernity is like, has like a wide ranging definition, but I'm just like, for the sake of the conversation, defining it as such. Like all the pieces start to line up in the 1800s. In the 1900s and the 20th century, that's when it all kind of like literally explosively came together. Like that's when you have the wars and that's when you have like the formation of major companies that like the first ones to really truly in our era span continents and like are shaping people's lives um and the 20th century is kind of like the fallout from that it's a big it's like wow we really rushed a lot of like very important stuff and yeah we're doing a lot we've done a lot like we've we've been very productive but like this is i think going to be a century of sort of like revision and kind of like all right like we need to really examine like what we're doing and why because I don't think we're in as much danger as like we think we are. No, um, we but are. I do, I do think it's like, it's good to be sensitive and it's good to kind of pay attention to some of the signs. And it's like, yeah. So maybe we should look at some of the stuff that we've done in the past. Like it's not our fault, but if our generation just says like either totally gives up or just blames somebody else, like we're no better than anyone who came before us. And like that, the point of a successive generation is to succeed. It's to supplant. Yeah. It's to like, it's to well, tell that look to the at millennials the problems. Who, according to the article I read just the other day are going to be skipped by the boomer inheritance. Yeah. I mean, millennials. And we'll also get skipped over on the housing changeover because the oldest generation is not downsizing their homes they're trying to just live in the same place they've always known until death, and thus making it unavailable for millennials to purchase, and making it more likely that Gen Z will be the ones purchasing those homes, because that's when the boomers will die. 
you gotta just like i i hate to be so callous but it's like you gotta just make like new shit like you can't like i know that's like really hard and i know that that is like not exactly the answer that it's not a full answer but like i think one of the problems with like a millennial generation is that they are still not over kind of sometimes what our parents talk about where it's like well things were supposed to be nice and they're not like i'm not getting this shit and it's like some some millennials did get like totally fucked over. Like some yeah. of them just got totally reamed. But like, but also look we're at, technically millennials. Heck, it's, we're on like the border. We're like yeah, but that's that, that's what my point to support you is like yeah, yeah, some millennials got fucked over and we really didn't. No, we got we got fortunate, but at the same time, it's like we you know yeah we weren't in college during the recession. Like we didn't come right out of that. We didn't like you know um we didn't experience like we did experience like we did have our world shaken up like during our developmental and formative years like it is really easy some people did get totally like fucked by the pandemic obviously yeah but like there is also there like i think the goal should be it's to consistently be trying to make your own thing because if you're just expecting something to be given to you like you're going to be waiting your entire life. Like that's just how it's going to be. And people might say like, well, I don't have the resources and I don't know how to do it. And it's like, well, I guarantee you, you're probably good at something. I guarantee you that there's resources out there for you to find it. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And I realize I'm coming from a place of like relative, like quote unquote privilege. And like, I did have lucky breaks. I've had some pretty fucking well, like awful knocks too, but I, I, I mean, like I don't know. that like, if you want things to be better for successive generations, you can't focus on, oh, I'm going to be a, like, make a bajillion dollars here today. Generational mm -hmm. wealth is built over centuries. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's like, it takes time. It really, really does. Like, true generational wealth. And, like, I don't know. I, I think you can learn a lot about, like, uh, a generation by looking at its like art and its culture and like looking at some of the stuff that millennials have done i'm not saying that other generations haven't been imitative but you think of like some of the shows um you know i these are bad examples and i'm, I'm kind of being exaggerative but like you know like i'm thinking of like velma or like the Fuck. powerpuff girls show or like all the fucking re like thundercats like all the reboots like it's like guys like find new toys find some something new like no. stop fucking <laughs> doing the same shit like when's the how many parents reboot i i i don't want that like you i sure, don't james i'm absolutely sure i found out you sure because like, guess what i read today they're making is, are they bringing it back? i don't like it's <laughs> like find some i know that that's not all millennial decision makers but it's like guys like fucking stop like stop like because these are the same people who are like there's nothing new for us like we don't have anything it's like you gotta make something you gotta i'm not saying too that like there are plenty of like genius millennial creations i don't know if technically pendleton ward is considered a millennial but like if he is like adventure time regular show those they might be more generation x but like you know, the, I, and I know I'm just thinking of cartoons right now, but like, I don't know. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg is technically a millennial, I think. Like that bastard. I, I mean, he's you know he's a done a lot. We're 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 technically what they would call zillennials, I believe. The that's fuck the, I am. I'm whichever one gets me the least amount of hate in any given situation. You want to mm. be, don't you yeah. want to be the avatar? Don't you no. want to be the, uh, the bridge between the two worlds? You no, know? I don't. No. I do not. <laughs> what you would you be rather the fucking be, bridge, James? I'm going to be over here on this side of the bridge where I'm getting the least amount of hate until they focus on that side and I'm going to cross the bridge. Wow. 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 <laughs> what, what would you guys want to call your, do you think you're either, do you identify more with millennials or with Zoomers then? Gen Z. I don't know. Identify with shit. The millennial. I watched the cartoons the millennials all older than me watched, except they were watching them when they came out, and I was watching reruns in two thousand and one. What you're talking about? What like Hanna Barbera like, shit or like Hanna Barbera shit, but also like cartoon Disney, like Ducktales. I fuck with some Ducktales. 
But also, DuckTales was done by the time I started watching it. That's true. I remember there was DuckTales, there was, um... Tailspin? There was the... Darkwing I was just going to say Tailspin. Yes, yeah, yeah, Chip absolutely. and Dale Rescue Rangers? Wasn't there a... Wasn't there a Goofy... Was there a Goofy TV show? Yes, I, I mean, thought yeah, there Goofy was. had a TV show. Yeah. yeah. There was House of Mouse. That's yeah, oh, not House quite of Mouse was dope. Yeah, House of Mouse is great. I remember, like, I loved the... Like, I was thinking about this, too. We had a great boom of, like, 50s-inspired kind of culture because we had, like, a huge surge around the early to mid-2000s of, like, Gen X people who had grown up with, like, boomer... Like, true, like, core boomer parents. Like, people who were either born or raised in, like, the 50s and the early 60s. So it's, like, but like- you know, like... Powerpuff Girls, My Life as a Teenage Robot, like the Fairly Odd Parents, Jimmy Neutron, I even loved them there. Like Samurai Jack. great arts, Samurai Jack, great art styles, very bold lines. It, it's like uh, a beautiful little renaissance so, in like American art. So back to your original question, though, I watched that <laughs> shit. I remember dial-up internet. I remember like the co- yeah. family computer being a big bulky piece of shit. Yeah. I remember when cable was new and exciting and we technically didn't have it because uh, the cable guy hooked us up even though we said not to. And so we were like, all right, fuck it. Until they tell us to pay for it, we're going to use it. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. But also, I, I'm i not old enough for them. I, I, I had no idea. I, I didn't get into YouTube until it was past the first generation of YouTubers. Like, I kind of knew who some of them were, but I was never really into them. But also, you turned around to the other generation below us, where it's like, hmm, y'all are on TikTok, and y'all, like, are fucking emotionally stunted. I don't imagine. I I think some some of the stuff I've seen on TikTok is, like, genuinely... I I was never a Vine kid, you know? Oh shit! Really? I was so. I was never I made a vines. Vine kid. Oh man, dude. I was never a Vine kid, so I was never a TikTok person. I do it for the Vine. Like the Vine. I don't know. It just feels like there's this entire like Gen Z is the TikTok generation, and they're the like what? When is when does Gen Z stop? What age? I think they technically stop around 2010 or 2011. I think Gen Alpha starts around... Gen Alpha either starts around like 2011 or 2013. So like a kid who was born in 2010 and is now 14 is Gen Z. I have nothing in common with that 14-year-old. I don't play fucking Fortnite. But you could. I can't fucking floss. Do they even floss (laughs) anymore? (laughs) I don't... I think they kind of do. I don't, I don't think it's like I. It's not nearly as popular. Do kids still do t- years ago. Do kids still do Fortnite dances? Ironically, I was an OG Minecrafter, but damn, has that gotten way past my leagues? I wasn't an iPad yeah. kid. I don't know, James. I don't belong anywhere. A man out of time. A man. I perfect. am Captain America. He is. Yeah. We're aren't we all spiritually? I hope so. What would that what would that short story about people crossing different times be called? Uh time clock. <laughs> clocking like, in. Yeah, clocking, clocking in. Clocking in. Clocking in. There we go. That's good. I love that. Yeah. Alright, well that's it for this week. <laughs> this this got this, this just done with us. This took all sorts of directions this week. I don't know how to feel. I, I had fun. This is nice. I had fun. No, I, I don't know if people listening are going to like it. They didn't, we didn't have quite as many downloads last week when John and I created my campaign platform on everybody deserves, every man cave needs a mini fridge, but, uh, I gotta I listen know. to that. That's because I agree with that platform position. I think you could win based on that. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. We needed to change the wording though a little bit. We got to harken back to a chicken in every pot. Um, yeah, mini fridge exactly. in every man cave. <laughs> Your caves will be cooler. Your beer will be cold. Yes, <laughs> I swear. To you, my fellow Americans. Ask not for what, what your man cave can do for you. 
Well, that's what you can do for your man cave. Bye, Frigidaire. <laughs> <laughs> the new Kennedy administration sponsored by Frigidaire. <laughs> and don't forget the pool table. Don't forget the pool table. But you're not going to use it for pool. Oh, you're going to use it for sex. that's That's, my president yeah that's who i'm actually gonna nominate i'm gonna nominate uh, can i nominate specifically jfk from clone high i was just gonna say i'm gonna nominate jfk from clone high for the president of the united states in 2024 (laughs) i like your funny words magic man (laughs) right man that's how biden won Uh, new hampshire Magic words. Yes, because the Democratic Party did not do a primary in New Hampshire, but he still had write-ins. Interesting. I I will say really quick. I know I know we're wrapping up, and maybe this is a conversation topic for next week. But I, you know, what the ticket I would vote for would be. I would vote for, and I don't know who would be who yet. I've heard differing opinions on this. The ticket I would vote for would absolutely be a trump biden ticket and again i don't know who would be who i would vote for a trump biden ticket you mean if they went back to winner gets presidency and loser gets vice presidency it would be the greatest buddy comedy of all time yeah i'd watch that it would be such good television (laughs) i'd watch that movie in america would would you want to live through it hell yeah yes yes are you kidding me john it'd be the it would be the best four years in American politics because nothing would get done. It's nothing would change. Uh, it's all Wisconsin in 2020. I, um, I, <laughs> I just, I just think it's the perfect way to say, to send off the older generation of politics on, let's send them out on a high note. Let's all sit down and get our popcorn and good naturedly support the two old men like let's just <laughs> let them have one last like one last shot one last go you know around the track on the on the on the carousel literally no together. country for old men yes exactly one, like grumpy one country for old men. One no country for, for grumpy indivisible with prunes and uh dentures for all there we go Alright. No, uh, that, I, I would that's support it, for it this week. There we go. Everyone remember to write in that ticket for the upcoming election. Do it. It'll be hilarious. John, James, thank you for joining. Thanks for having us. Always glad to be here. <laughs> thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find uh, you can find their music on iTunes and Spotify. Just like how you can find our show, Better Buddies, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on YouTube now. Officially, there is another YouTube channel called Better Buddies. They're a year old. Don't go to them. Go to ours. It's older. We are starting to upload clips from the show. The podcast is on YouTube officially now. And we're uh, putting shorts out. So go follow, go like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's Better Buddies. You'll find it. It's the same purple logo. Uh, we also have our social media, Facebook, Better Buddies, where we post our meme Mondays and icebreakers. Twitter, at Better Budcast. Use the hashtag Better Buddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail is betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. And last but not least, be a better buddy. I think I, I don't think I show up until like probably January or February. Your first episode is episode one. What? Really? Uh, cause you and Calvin were living together and you like came home or something while Calvin was recording and we asked like, Hey, do you want to say hi? No. Dang. No, I'm too busy being drunk and cool. Um, <laughs> you were too busy oh having God. a sniffly boy nose. Yeah. You really cleared that up somehow between like 21 and 27.